the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope that you will be able to incorporate a lot of what we talk about today into the week that you're going into. Because what we're talking about today is the comparison game. Striving, the need for acceptance, comparing and contrasting. You know, it is. It's all about striving, isn't it? It's what are you hoping to acquire or achieve with all that striving? Think about what, what is the goal here that we're doing? See, one of the biggest problems that I'm presented with in my practice is that people feeling like they're not enough. They're not good enough, strong enough, pretty enough, smart enough, rich enough, never really feeling like they are measuring up. And so we have all this comparing and contrasting that we do all through the week, all through the day, up and through the night, and even maybe while we sleep. We wake up with maybe a negative or heavy feeling. And so this is where I really want us to take advantage of some of God's thoughts. And one of the most beautiful psalms that I have ever, ever read is Psalms 139. And I'm going to give it to you in the New Living Translation. So that means it's going to sound a lot more current. And this is what it says. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, 
too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Isn't that phenomenal? I mean, really think about this, because sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, it can be kind of overwhelming and a little bit, I don't know, revealing. It's like when I think about that he sees me all the time, and he knows everything I do before I ever do it, and he already knew that before he ever created me, and he still created me. See, that was one of the most amazing concepts when I realized that when God created me in my mother's womb, he knew every second of my life, everything I would do, everything I would think, everything I would want, every sin I would commit, every success that I would have, he knew them all. And what happened when I recognized that is I realized how much God loved me. Because if he could see all the way into the future of all the things that I'm going to do that I probably shouldn't do and act in ways I shouldn't act and say things I should never say, and if he saw all the way into the future as to the day that I'd be born and the day that I would pass, and he still wanted to create me. He still wanted it to happen. So for us, we always want to know if we're okay, right? We may not verbalize it. Some people verbalize it more than others. But we always want to know we're okay. That's kind of the human condition. In fact, that's the, the condition of all red-blooded mammals is their safety. So how can you compare something unique to another thing unique? How, how do you do that? See, if you compare, simply use it as inspiration. I don't want you to compare the uniqueness of you to the uniqueness of another human. If you are going to compare and contrast yourself against another person, then I want you to use it more as inspiration. I want you to say, wow, I like that quality in that person, and I can incorporate that into my own life. So I can ask myself, does it fit me? So if I'm dissatisfied with me, I need to say, why? Why am I dissatisfied with me? And typically, <clears throat> if you want to know the truth, most people are dissatisfied with the amount of money they have or the way that they look. God is much more interested in our morality. And if we're truly being who God has created us to be. So it's this cultural thing about not being satisfied. And I want to ask you, is it moral? Is not liking me possibly immoral? 
And see, Romans 9.28, this is what it says. Go to the source for your reference point, not those around you. You have to commit to you first and then change. It doesn't work if you, quote, wait to like you or to accept you only if. See, struggle with God about his design. Don't struggle with society about this. See, Romans 9.28 says, Who are you, O man, to talk back to God and say, Why did you make me like this? Does the pot say to the potter, Why did you make me like this? See, I would rather you struggle with God about how he made you than look look horizontally at society and what society thinks about how you're made. I don't want you to ask society <clears throat> what they think and about how you are made. So again, Romans 9.20, and this is through 24, it says, But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it? And say, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out the same lump of clay, some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? So basically what God is saying is, you're a created being. Who are you to talk back to me about how I made you? I made you the way I wanted to make you, and I'm happy with the design. So God is a creator. He's a designer. Think how personally he, he takes your criticism. So think about if someone sees something you created and they start criticizing it and saying, yeah, it's kind of good, but you should have done this over this way and it's the wrong color and probably should have made it smaller. Think about how God feels when he is so happy with how he made you and you complain. Think how personally he's going to take that criticism. See, how do you feel when you have, quote unquote, thought something up and people think it's stupid, ugly or ridiculous? They don't see the vision you have. This is how God feels. You are not getting his vision of you. And this is why we want to say to the creator, okay, God, why did you make me like this? What was the point? How I'm not happy with it. How do I be happy with what you've made? And so this is what we want to think about. This is how God feels. You're not getting his vision of you. You're not understanding or accepting why he made you, why he's so committed to what he created. So when we think about this, I want you to ask yourself, why am I struggling so much with this? Why am I struggling with who I am and how God made me? And so God is very clear when, he, when Jesus was talking to his followers, he said, you don't need to worry about food because even the birds are provided for by God. And in this verse, Jesus presents the example of lilies who also do no labor. And this way, we understand that, wow, God's doing the labor-intensive work. What he's wanting us to do is walk that work out. He's not thinking that we need to go and change the design that he has created. He's saying, I want you to walk it out. I want the entire universe to see what I have created. That's how proud of you he is. And when we add this other element of free will, that's where it gets difficult for us 
and for God. But God also knew he didn't want a robot. He wanted kids. He wanted a bunch of kids. He wanted to love on all his children. So he wanted them to have personalities that are different from one another. He wanted them to look different than one another. He wanted them to have special ways of interacting with him and ways that only he could do with that child. And if you have children, you know that each experience you have with your children is different. There are always some similarities, but the impression and the experience you get from that one kiddo, you will remember for a lifetime, even if it's bad. So this is why we want to think about why are we struggling with comparison? Why are we involving ourselves in the comparison game? When we, we are so uniquely made that we're not, we cannot be copied. Nobody can recreate us. Now, we certainly can ruin the creation that God has made. We can do that. We can not appreciate the creation that God has made. We can hate the creation God has made. But he's still the designer. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of comparing and contrasting. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to encourage you to visit the website. It's CynthiaHyatt.com. And we have lots of things available for you there. You also can order books that I have written. There are some on gender, how gender speaks, and understanding the opposite sex. There's another uh, mini book called, you know, Can Fairy Tales Be Real? And that's more of an autobiography of mine. And so I want you to take advantage of those that are available to you. So today, we are talking about the comparison game and how much we compare. Think about how we compare everything. We compare yesterday to today. We can. We might compare, you know, the driver that we're interacting with. We might compare with what, what does this grocery store look like? What have they did with it? What have they done with everything? We might be comparing the driver next to us. Or, wow, did you see that person's hairstyle? Or look what they're wearing. I mean, it is, it is like ongoing. So I want you to think about what is all this striving about? You know, what are you hoping to acquire? And it's exhausting. And so in that first segment, we talked about the, the verse, the whole entire chapter of Psalms 139. And it really has a lot to do with how God sees us and how well he knows us. And he says, I know when you sit down and stand up. I know your thoughts even when you're away. I know and see when you travel. I see when you rest at home. I see everything you do. I actually know what you're going to say before you ever say it. And this is why we want to recognize that, wow, God must really value us. I mean, I, I can say for my own life, <laughs> I don't think I always act well. And I don't know if I would always pick me to be in my family. And, and this is where I think this is God the, of the universe. And he is saying, how wonderfully made you are and how very important you are to him. And he wants relationship with you. So 
humans, we always want to know if we're okay, right? We, we end up comparing and contrasting ourselves with somebody else and recog- not recognizing that we're unique, completely unique. Now, we may copy, you know, copy and paste certain things that we see from other humans, animals, flowers, whatever it is. But you are completely unique and cannot be replicated. And so this is why in Romans 9.20, this is the rebuke from God when he's talking about his creation. He says, but who are you? A human being to talk back to God. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? See, God is a creator. He's a designer. Think how personally he takes your criticism. How do you feel when you have, quote unquote, thought something up and people think it's stupid or ugly or ridiculous and they don't see the vision that you have? Well, this is how God feels. You're not getting his vision of you. You're not seeing why he made you and why he is so committed to you, regardless of what you do. So when we think about this, I want you to say to yourself, you know, am I, am I struggling with comparison? Am I doing that? Am I constantly comparing how much money I have compared to somebody else? The car they have, the clothing they have, where they live, how they look, who they know. This is exhausting. And so Courtney Carver made up a, you know, she had a whole entire segment that she's done on this whole comparison game. And there's a very famous saying, and it says, never compare your inside to someone else's outside. That author is unknown. We don't know who made that up. But think how powerful that is. Never compare your insides to someone else's outside. How do you do that? Well, part of that is acceptance. I need to accept me 100%. And acceptance, again, I've said this many times on this show, acceptance does not necessarily mean agreement. So in order for me to change things that may not be really indicative of who I am, I may need to get a handle on the comparing and contrasting. And I may may need to be more accepting of who I am. Instead of trying to cut that part out of me and say, I don't even want to talk about that. I can't believe I did that. I hope nobody finds out about it. I'm going to pretend like it never happened. Well, it happened. And if we don't accept it, The problem is we may be more prone to redo it again. And this is why when we accept even the good and the bad, we have a lot more control over it. We have more insight into it. We begin to be maybe more accepting of ourselves. And see, acceptance doesn't necessarily mean agreement, right? I accept everything about myself. I don't agree (laughs) with everything I do. I don't agree with everything I think. And so I do, though, take responsibility for it and accept it 100%. So when we think about this, I want you to stop comparing. Now, if you are going to compare, which all of us do, I want you to only use it as a way to become a better person. 
So we can all borrow from other people. Like, I like how that person said that. I like how that person dresses. I like how that person handled that situation. So I can learn from that. All mammals learn from other mammals, right? Horses learn from their parents. We have kittens. We have dogs. We have snakes. We have birds. They all learn by watching and by experimenting. So I want you to stop comparing yourself in a way that that denigrates you. I want you to recognize that, hey, that person is doing what I wanted to do, but they're doing it better. Maybe I could borrow from what they're doing, and it would improve my life even more. Wouldn't that be a very healthy way to think? So I really want you to, to say to yourself, you can't assess who you are or what you have based on others. And if your focus is on what they have or do, you can never fully appreciate all the extraordinary blessings in your own life. Even your past and future cannot be a measuring stick for your life. I want you to keep your eyes on your own paper, right? You remember in elementary school, they're like, you know, don't look, you know, you're not supposed to look at your neighbor's paper. You have to do your own work. So based on your response and my own actions, it seems that comparison is a really hard habit to break. While I can compare much less, I much less than I used to, it's still easy to fall into that comparison trap and really feel like, wow, I should be more. I should be better. I'm never going to be that person. I'm always going to be the loser. I'm always going to be in the one down position. And this is where I want you to really understand that to help with your, your or our struggle with comparison, I want to offer some alternatives to just stop. Because if we could all just stop, right, we would. So I like the idea of just stopping, but we can't. So it's sort of like someone telling me that if I want to lose weight, I have to move more and eat less. Well, true. Yes. Helpful. Not really. And this is where I'm wanting you to be a much kinder, gentler version to yourself. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about this comparison game. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Heyer, your host. Thank you for joining today, and I want to encourage you to let your friends know about the show as well. And go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Lots of things that are there to help you be the best version of you and to really make sure that you are understanding the value of who you are. So we are talking about this idea of comparison. And we all compare. We always are comparing and contrasting. It's kind of just natural to humans or I would say all mammals in some ways. And so I want you to think about what God is saying when he is asking us to love our neighbor as ourself. So that was a hard one for me because I do love a lot of people and I love a lot of people well. Not necessarily do I do it to myself. And so part of this comparison game that we do is we end up hurting ourselves instead of helping us to actually strive to be a better version of ourselves. 
what happens is we just stay, you know, down at the lowest end of the totem pole saying, I suck, and here I am, and this person is so much better than I am, I will never get to be where they're at. And this is where God is saying, hey, I want you to look at all the things in this world that I have created for you and take the things that that inspire you, you know, throw away the things that don't work for you, but don't be doing this comparison game of ranking and ordering humans. See, we are all of equal value. All of us are of equal value. And if you talk to any fireman, they will tell you the same thing. They will run into a fire and they will save the child molester at the same time they are saving the child that has been molested. Because that's how valuable life is. We're not judging whether or not we want to be friends with the person. But if they're drowning, we're going to save them. So when we think about this comparing and contrasting, we make it be as if we are winning or losing something. Instead of saying, hey, I do have some of the qualities that that person has, and they've kind of created some more that I might want to copy, because that's how mammals learn. They copy other mammals. So you have to be very, very committed to understanding what you're copying, what you're judging, what you're refusing, and why you're refusing it. And maybe you're refusing it for a good reason. Maybe this this person is struggling with an addiction. And so you're refusing to do what they do. And certainly with them, you're refusing to do it. Well, that's healthy. But you have to think about it first. So you want to ask yourself, why am I struggling with comparison? I naturally do it. So I want us to kind of clean it up. And so I I read this uh, last saying in the last segment, and the author is unknown, but it says, never compare your inside to someone else's outside. You see, we can all dress it up pretty well, lots of times. We can really look like we are on our game and we have got our life together. And then what, what do you know? they're probably coming to their therapy session with me. (laughs) So we all are needing support. So I don't want you to fall into shame thinking that, oh my gosh, if anybody knows who I really am, they won't like me. It's not the case. So stop comparing. See, someone will always have more or less than you do. And there will always be someone who is better or worse at what you do. So you can't assess who you are or what you have based on others. And if your focus is on that and what they have or do, you'll never fully appreciate all the extraordinary blessings in your own life and what you have to offer the planet, what you have to offer the people that are in your life. You will get so concerned about not measuring up to who you think you are. You can't even enjoy yourself and the people that you're with. So I want you to think about this. When you're struggling with the comparison game, I want to offer some alternatives to just stop. Because if we could all just stop, we would, right? It's sort of like telling me that if I want to lose weight, I have to move more and eat less. True? Yes? Helpful? Uh, I don't know if it really is helpful. (laughs) I already understand the science, but I can't seem to figure out how to get a handle on my behavior. So we're going to talk about strategies to consider if you're struggling with comparison, okay? So if you are going through the comparison game, I want you to first and foremost be committed to making a fair comparison. 
So I want you to compare fairly. I don't want you to compare yourself to someone that's, you know, six, five, you know, and is a phenomenal basketball player and you're comparing yourself to who they are and how they, how they play basketball and you're getting totally, you know, wrecked inside of yourself because you'll never play basketball like the professional. Well, you can still enjoy basketball. So you might have to adjust what is really fair, what's a fair comparison. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about the comparison game. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for tuning in today, and also thank you very much for referring the show to your friends. And make sure you check out the website. We have lots of things available. There also is a lot that you can do when it comes to you really making sure that the life that you are wanting, you actually can have. And some of that has to do with stop comparing, and some of that has to do with healthy expectation. And see, none of us like that. None of us want to hear that. But this is what I want you to think about. And this is a great saying that I came across, and it's from Theodore Roosevelt. And he says, comparison is the thief of joy. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Comparison is the thief of joy. It's like if I compare myself with someone else, all of a sudden, all the things that I thought about me that were good, they're not so good now when I compare to somebody else that's different than me. So I've struggled with comparison a lot. And I typically, you know, want to blame it on the fact that I'm adopted. And so I don't really know who I'm comparing myself to when it comes to family because I don't look like anybody in my family. Well, you would think that maybe that would give me more freedom because I wouldn't have to do so much comparing and contrasting. But actually what happened was I just made the whole like schema bigger. So I just had more people to compare myself to. So I've lived most of my life comparing myself to others. And, you know, it was in school. It was, I was a cheerleader. You know, I was in choir. I was all these different things. And when I was 14, I probably weighed 100 pounds at best. Well, by the time I was a senior, I had matured. And so I went from the smallest cheerleader to the one that carries all the cheerleaders. So I grew like seven inches, okay? So I want you to think about this, that if I get all of my good feelings from when I was a freshman and compare it to when I was a senior, I'm going to have some pretty negative feelings. So I've discovered there's like an infinite number of categories which we can compare ourselves to and almost an infinite number of people that we're going to compare ourselves to. So once we start going down that road, here's what you'll find. It never ends. There's always someone better. There's always someone worse. Always. And so our self-worth, our identity, really has to come from acceptance of who God has created. And that there are some, you know, things that he lets me kind of play around with. I can cut my hair. I can, you know, I don't know, change my hairstyle. But I'm probably not going to be able to change my IQ. That's what I'm born with. 
I can make my IQ more tangible to myself. I can cause myself to be more educated, but I can't really raise my IQ. So for me, one of the struggles that I had was I had really fine hair. I mean, like air hair, okay? So when I was young, I mean, you could barely even see it. And so I always wanted that big hair, like women that have like really thick hair. And I had to come to terms with the fact that, you know what, I keep comparing myself to people. I'm not going to be like them. It's not even possible. I guess I could wear a wig every day. But you see, I had to come to terms with me and that I am a created being. God did not consult me when he created me. And I'm wanting you to understand the heart of God. And if you, as the creation, talk back to the creator and say, yuck, why'd you make me like this? You're not recognizing that God is an emotional being. He cares deeply about his creation. He puts thought into his creations. He wants the creation to enjoy their own creation as much as he enjoys the created. And this is where we want to say to ourselves, wow, what am I doing to myself? So first and foremost, I want you to recognize that comparisons are always unfair because we typically compare the worst we know of ourselves to the best that we presume about others. Not only that, we are comparing ourselves to something without all the information. We can't know everything. So comparisons by definition require metrics. See, but only a fool believes every good thing can be counted or measured. Comparisons rob us of precious time. And think about this. We each get 86,400 seconds a day. And using even one to compare yourself or your accomplishments to another is one second too many. You're too unique to compare fairly. Your gifts and talents and successes and contributions and value are entirely unique to you and your purpose in this world. They can never properly be compared to anyone else. See, you have nothing to gain when you compare, but you have so much to lose. For example, when you compare, you really damage your pride, your dignity, your drive, and your passion. All of a sudden, the what is equatable, okay, becomes nothing. All of a sudden, the things that are of great value are lost in the comparison game. So you have nothing to gain and a lot to lose. So there's no end to the possible number of comparisons. And so the habit can never really be overcome by attaining success. There, there will also be something or someone something or someone else to focus on. Comparison puts focus on the wrong person. The only one you can control is you. The only life you own is yours. And when we constantly compare ourselves to others, we waste precious energy focusing on other people's lives rather than on our own. Now, this is not me encouraging you to be self-centered. This is me encouraging you to be really grateful and happy with how you are made <clears throat> and take advantage of what God has created in you instead of comparing and contrasting yourself with others. See, comparisons deprive us of joy. 
They add no value, no meaning, no fulfillment to our lives. They really just distract us. They might temporarily give us a good feeling like, hey, I'm not as fat as that person, right? I mean, think about that. Think about that, that statement. This is not what humans should be doing. Humans are valuable, valuable creatures. So comparisons deprive us of joy. And indeed, the negative effects of comparisons are very wide and far-reaching. You know, you've probably experienced it before. And maybe you're experiencing it now. So how then might we break this habit? Well, here's the thing. First and foremost, I want you to find the priority to intentionally remove this whole comparing thing from your life. And I want you to become aware of your own successes. And I don't want you to compare your successes to other people. I want you to pursue greater things in life. Like, how can I change the world with how God made me? How can I change my neighborhood? How can I help my friends? How can I be that person that's driving down the road and I let them in and their day gets better because I was polite? I was a polite driver. I didn't honk at them and flip them off or something, right? So I can change my little world and give people a good feeling simply because they interacted with me. Now, that doesn't mean that good feeling is going to last forever. But you know how it feels when somebody lets you in, when there's tons of traffic. You're just like, wow, thank you. See, that changed a moment in their life, and it changed it for the good. And so I want you to really compete less. Please compete only with yourself. And when I started teaching this to my clients, it really revolutionized people's lives. When I recognized the need for me to compete only with me, because no one can mess up as bad as I can. (laughs) No one can succeed as well as I can, because I am a unique, one-time occurring person. So I want you to compete with yourself and not in a way that beats you up. So compete less, appreciate more. So this is about gratitude. So there may be times when competition is appropriate, but life is not one big competition. We have all been thrown together at this exact moment on this exact planet. And the sooner we stop competing against others to quote unquote win, the faster we can start working together to figure it all out. See, first and and most importantly is overcoming this habit of competition so that I constantly compare and contrast and say, well, at least I look better than them. So now I feel a little bit better today. Or, wow, I can't go that low. And this is where I want you to think about. It's about you. So gratitude always forces us to recognize the good things we already have in our world. And to remind yourself, nobody is perfect. So this is where I want you to be comfortable in your own skin. I want you to be that person that people say, wow, I'm kind of glad I talked to them. I feel a little bit better. It doesn't mean that a big thing changed. It doesn't mean that their life was revolutionized. What it means is that the kinder we can be, the nicer, the more polite we can be, those little gestures add up to energy for other humans. 
And when I give it, I get more energy back. And so this is where we really can change our world. Not our world like all-encompassing. I'm saying the world that we live in, the places we go, the restaurants, where we get gas, our neighbors, any of these things, our coworkers. And so I want you to think about this. I want you to find inspiration by not necessarily comparing. I want you to recognize that, wow, that is an amazing thing. And I'm not going to compare myself to that and say, well, I wish I could do that. Maybe I can just say, wow, that was cool to see. That was amazing to see. And I want you to um, humbly ask questions of people you admire. And it could just be your kiddos. And this is how we make sure that we're not comparing and contrasting subconsciously as a habit. So think about this. With so many negative effects inherent in comparison, it's a shame that we ever take part in it. But the struggle is real. It is. It is real for me as well. Now, fortunately, it doesn't have to be. And I've worked really hard over the years to stop that practice of comparing and contrasting all the time to see if I'm better or worse than someone. And the freedom that's found in comparing is really... When you stop comparing, it is really worth the effort. You do get to appreciate the world around you much better. And you don't have to feel like you're proving all the time who you are. So let's go to this John eight thirty two, And it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, you are deeply loved, valued, wanted, and needed. And this is very evident all through the Bible. And so when God talks to us about your value, he's saying, I knit you together in your mother's womb. I chose to create you. I saw you in my mind before I made you happen. And I see you as beautifully and wonderfully made, and I am glad I created you. So here's one of the things that has helped me tremendously in my life. That I get on the same, you know, plane as God, and I start to say, God, thank you for creating me. I don't understand it all. I don't always like everything, but God, thank you for creating me, for thinking me up and deciding that I had great value. Have a great rest of your week. I look forward to talking to you again soon. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, 
Be your own best version. Be my heart mender, my soul tender, the keeper of my life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.